Sir, can you please introduce yourself and tell us why you're here? My name's Gerald Henderson. I played eight years in the NBA. I'm here to tell my story uh, where Kobe Bryant uh, was playing against him for the first time. Somehow or another, he knew that the rim was too short and he was exactly right. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and inducts them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Neil, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, half Filipino, half amazing, the iHeartRadio Raymond Felton, coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal Office Depot, big and tall executive suite desk chair in my basement studio. Today's very special episode could be sponsored by Henderson Ventures Incorporated. If you're looking for a beautiful home in the Carolinas, but you need it at the best price. Look no further than Henderson Ventures Incorporated. You know, when I bought my home in North Carolina, I don't have one. I didn't buy one. I used Henderson Ventures because I needed a great price, but I also wanted to work with the best people. Henderson Ventures Incorporated, every detail accounted for, every opportunity maximized. Kobe Bryant in that quarter inch is a world-class sports moment, but is it a first ballot Hall of Famer? We have to decide that today. And here to do it with me is a former Duke Blue Devil, that eight-year NBA veteran of the Bobcats, the Hornets, the Blazers, and the Sixers. It is defensive specialist, world-class guy, Mr. Gerald Henderson Jr. Gerald, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, and I'm happy to be here. Right out of the gate, Gerald, who do I send my invoice to for that incredible ad read I just did for your real estate company? And I didn't even know that was coming. (laughs) I I could have said all that stuff better myself, man. I really appreciate that. Listen, I do want to be paid for what I just said. No, 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 I'm joking. Uh, I want to talk about your, I want to talk about Henderson Ventures a little bit later. Uh, But first, I, I want to take a moment. Gerald Henderson, you are the first pro athlete guest on the First Ballot Podcast. You will not be the last, but for this very special occasion, I want to take this time to make a special announcement. Gerald Henderson, as the founder and owner of the First Ballot Hall of Fame, the First Ballot Podcast, and the First Ballot Organization at Large, I am hereby anointing you the official NBA player of the First Ballot Podcast. Thank you. How does that feel? I feel honored. I feel honored. You know, I want to, I want to thank the man upstairs. You know, <laughs> you know, it, it feels good to be in this position, man. And you know, I'm I'm, I'm honored to be able to be on here and, and talk some sports with you. Oh, this is so great! You just take it day by day. You know, you just have to take these things day by day. Um, <laughs> I really feel like you're wasting your time, uh, but I appreciate you doing it. I appreciate you wasting it with us. Uh, table set for us. What is your favorite sport? What is Gerald Henderson's favorite sport? Favorite? What is your favorite sport, your favorite team, and your favorite athlete of all time? You know, I may surprise you with this answer, but my favorite sport is golf. What? Wow. You, now, hold on. I, I'm, before we get on to the other two questions, you're saying you're – so hold on. Let, let me ask it this way. If you could rewind time. And you have the ability to play golf professionally versus playing basketball professionally. What would you have chosen? Ooh. Um, 
You know, given the um, the injuries that I, that I had when I was right. playing basketball, right? You know, and just the toll that it takes on your body, your mm-hmm. mind, your spirit. You know, if if somebody said, "Hey, you can go play golf and w- make the same amount of money," right? And you know, be pretty much healthy. I would have took the golf. Absolutely. Wow. Amazing. You know? Oh, yeah, because, you know, it's it's just, a, you know, basketball is a grind. I lo- I've always loved the sport and, you know, committed my life to it. But, um, you know, I've always played golf, too. My dad had me out there at a young age and taught me the game. And I learned to love that sport, too. And, um, you know, now that I'm done playing basketball, you know, it's something that I do quite often. Yeah. Got to mention that me and my buddy Richard Payne, Won the Myers Park uh, member guest over the weekend. Yeah. Um, in the dark <laughs> ad. And, um, you know, I hit a, in the playoff, I hit a 175 yard kind of uphill, little chilly, hit a seven iron uphill uh, to four and a half feet, and he knocked it in to secure the win. You know, not that you asked or anything, <laughs> but just thought I would add. And, um, you know, it's those those little things now that I'm able to do that I'm done playing basketball. You know, I, I can't say it completely equates, but, you know, it's right up there. Amazing. Uh, I want you to know I played golf once. It, I was the best man in a guy's wedding and I had to go play golf because that was like the bachelor party thing he did. And I was with the the groom and the the in laws, the like the father in law and the father. I was in their like party, their group. I don't know golf, so I don't know the language. So I'm with them. And the first tee, they go, Neil, you hit. This is the first time I've ever held a golf club. I mean, I've held like putters at putt putt and stuff, but the first time I've ever held a driver. First time I get up to the ball and absolutely crush it right down the fairway. The guys are going, that had to have been 250 yards. You crushed that ball. Every single swing after that, huge, giant chunks of dirt just yeah. everywhere. I was going to say, you should have stopped after that one. <laughs> yes. There's no way you could never play golf <laughs> and just pick it up and just be nice. That doesn't oh, happen. so bad. I'm sure it looked terrible, but I just I got a hold of it. I got very lucky on that first one. Um, let's get back to our questions. Who, who is your favorite team, and who is your favorite athlete of all time? Oh, man. So I grew up in Philly. So right. I am a diehard Sixers fan. Great answer. Allen Iverson has always been um, one of the guys I looked up to growing up. You know, he was driving his Bentley up and down City Line Avenue in Philly. <laughs> uh-huh. school right, right at Episcopal Academy on City Ave. I'd see him all the time, see him at the games. Um, but even before that, when Kobe was in high school, I was uh, – probably seven or eight years old. And he was playing at Lower Marion High School, which is right up the, school, uh, the street from my school. You and, were, you were, you played high school in Marion, Pennsylvania, correct? Yeah. And so yeah. And Kobe famously went to Lower Marion. I didn't realize those were different things. Uh, so yes, you grew up with him. Yeah. Um, he was older than me, but I remember he hadn't decided that he was going to the NBA yet. Right. And, it was, you know, it was a big thing in Philly. You know, nobody had really done it. And, um, you know, he ended up going. But I just remember going to his games and you couldn't even hardly get in the game. You know, so many people there. And he was mm. just 
He was Kobe, man. I remember it like it was yesterday. How quickly did word get around about Kobe Bryant, this high school kid, when he's at Lower Marion? How quickly did the stories get around? What did you hear about him, and when did you hear it? How old of a player was he? Well, he probably was probably 15, 16 years old. I think he had come back from Italy Mm. around that time, and he was, you know, obviously – Joe Jellybean's son, and that was a big story. And my dad knew him from uh, playing basketball, you know, in his career. And then, um, you know, his talent was undeniable, Mm. right, as a player. And so his name started to float around. And, you know, then, then you're talking about him being one of the best players in the country. And then they started talking about him making the jump which was un, unheard of kind of at the time. Only yeah. a couple of guys had really done it. And um, then it became a real thing, you know, and he, then he announced it. So, you know, it was, it was a pretty cool thing in Philly. I, I think he had a lot of doubters because at that time, the, only, the guys that only really had done it were all big men. Right. And he came out as a, you know, a shooting guard. Yeah. And, um, but he, he, he went and did that thing, man. Your dad, Gerald Henderson Sr., long NBA career, amazing NBA career. I remember him with the Boston Celtics, but he played with a bunch of teams. You are a kid. Kobe Bryant is taking over in high school. He announces he's leaving, uh, uh, not going to college. He's going to go to the league early. Your dad's an NBA player. Are you as a kid at that age going, I'm going to go to the NBA. Like, is that, is that all inspiring you at the time? Are you thinking I'm going to also quit college, not go to college and go to the NBA? Where is your, where is your nine-year-old brain at that time? You know, I do remember that time and, you know, I don't know if I ever really thought like I'm going to go from, um, you know, uh, high school to the NBA. I don't know right. if that was ever a thought, but, um, you know, I do remember as I was growing up, and then being in, you know, his kind of position as one of the better players in, in the country. And um, there was an article that came out about uh, my best friend who was on my team, Wayne Ellington, who yes. ended up going to Carolina. Yeah, yeah. And so we were on the same high school team. And there was an article that came out and it said, uh, had Wayne on the front doing some move and it said, the next Kobe titled the next Kobe. <laughs> and I remember just being so jealous, like next Kobe. <laughs> get, get out of here. And you know, there was all this talk. And I, at that time you couldn't go straight to the league. They had just changed it, the rule back. Right. And um, I remember having a talk with my dad and uh, I was like, you think I could go to the NBA? <laughs> like Kobe. He's like, He's like, son, you ain't that good. <laughs> Kobe's way better than you were, just to be clear. <laughs> He's like, you need to figure out if you're going to Duke, Carolina, Villanova. <laughs> He's like, you might could be an NBA player if you work hard enough, but don't uh, even think about it. Amazing. So you, hold on. So you and Wayne Ellington were on the same high school team. Let me add. He said, you and Wayne, just to be clear. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so you and Wayne were on this, in the same backcourt? Or are yeah. you a wing in, in, in high school? Yeah, I was a wing. I played like the three. I mean, I played all positions, but. You guys must have been nasty. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my senior year, we had an ESPN game. We played Newman Garetti, who was the second best team in the, <laughs> in the uh, city. And uh, we had a classic game. Wayne hit like a almost a buzzer beater uh, right at the end. Uh-huh. And um was pretty cool. We had a we had a pretty pretty great career there. Amazing. Can we talk about your Duke career for just a moment? Sure. You've played in every NBA arena over the last whatever decade from on all those different teams. What what was the best environment to play in? What was the what was your favorite place to play? Is it can is it Cameron? You know, I remember like my freshman year being in there and like being a little nervous just right. like because it's a lot, and every game yes. you play is probably going to be on national TV. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on you. There's a lot of eyes watching. But it's just, well, as I got older mm-hmm. and became more mature and my game developed and, you know, became more confident in myself, man, it was like heaven, man. Mm-hmm. I swear. It was like, you know, you – you you start to embrace it, man. Yeah, I got all these people watching me. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to win championships here and all this, but I also want to go to the NBA. So, what better place to show people yeah. my game? Yeah, and you know, then right here, everybody's watching. Let's go have fun. Let's go do this. I I think all the time about college athletes. Your kids. You're all kids. Your children and. Then it's a place like Duke where the expectation is that you're going to compete for a national championship every year. And then the kids who have been camping out for weeks to get in and get tickets are right on top of you. And they're chanting and they're yelling. And you've got North Carolina coming in and Wake Forest coming in and all these teams that you're giant rivals against. And it just feels like the pressure is mounting and mounting and mounting. And you're children. And you've got a science quiz the next day. And I just can't imagine playing under that pressure. But it's it's amazing to hear that I I would presume that it, that sort of energy and emotion probably also uplifts you in certain moments. Absolutely. You know, as um, they did a, um, I think it was a documentary on Duke Carolina Mm-mm. and they started talking about the kids and the camping out and, you know, started talking about Kville and they were like, I remember, I think it was my buddy, Chris Carowell. He's like, Hey man, in college, what, what else do you want to do but to go party and, and go buck wild? He's like, why not do it at the basketball game? Oh, I love right? what a great answer. And so we we couldn't do it. We couldn't go out and drink and hang out before the games. Like, we're the show. Right. But in, in knowing that, like, let's blow it out, man. Let's yeah. go have fun. Ah. And I'm I'm happy and glad that, that I threw myself into what yeah. we were doing and really enjoyed it and worked as hard as I did during that time mm-hmm. because we were, you know, myself and my teammates were able to accomplish some things that were pretty special. And, you know, you got a banner up in Cameron and banners up in the Hall of Fame stuff yeah. that we can look at and be like, yep, we did that. Amazing. And, and also for the record, that's probably great advice for anyone, no matter what field you're in, throw yourself into what you're doing and, and, and seize that moment. Yeah, uh, that's fantastic. I appreciate it. Um, let's dive into our moment. We're here. Let's tell the story of this moment. You, again, if you've not read the piece, I encourage you to go to Players Tribune, look up Gerald Henderson, the first time he guarded Kobe. It's an amazing piece. I want to retell the story here, and who better to do it than 
official NBA player of the First Ballot Podcast, Gerald Henderson. This is your story. Let's start at the beginning. Tell us this story. So, like I mentioned before, Kobe Bryant's always been a uh, player that I've looked up to. He's been a basketball idol of mine. And, right. You know, uh, the amount of time that me and Wayne Ellington in high school spent just doing Kobe moves and oh watching his games and watching <laughs> film. I mean, endless. This is, that's why, you know, when he passed, it was, it was a very, I took it, I took it to heart, man, because yeah. I spent a lot of time admiring that guy. But uh, so I, I make it to the NBA from Duke and had a up and down rookie year was playing for Larry Brown and, you know, he didn't really like rookies. <laughs> And so we were up and down. And so uh, at the same time, the Lakers had lost like two or three straight games on, on TV, national televised games. And I think they just lost maybe in Chicago the night before bad on TV. And so, and and at this time, this was championship, like Kobe, Pau Gasol, our test. And so it was a big deal. You know, Stephen A's talking about them the next day and all this stuff. So they round into Charlotte, and I hadn't been playing. I hadn't played for two or three weeks, okay? And uh, I'm warming up, or I'm walking in the arena, and as I walk through past the tunnel, I see one man out there, (laughs) and it's him. It's the first time I think I had seen him maybe since well no I had seen his games right 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 like in you know in person kind of like that since you know I was a kid so anyways um you know I walk past he's got his he's got a shirt on completely illegal attire when you're <laughs> at an NBA game I'm sure he didn't get fined I would have got fined <laughs> but you know he's got his mamba symbol on he's got his sweats on he's got the <laughs> shoes I'm like damn Kobe's out there and as a young guy, you get there early and you get your workout and he's out there before everybody. Right. So I'm like, all right, shit, let me go get my shit on. <laughs> you know, I, got, I mean, you know, usually I like when lollygags, we're there. I mean, it's literally like three o'clock. Game starts at seven. Right. So I, we'd be in there, you know, joking around, lollygagging until the time we got to go out. But I got out there early. Right, right. <laughs> and I see that, you know, he's got the... Um, the maintenance crew out there. Right. And they're bringing ladders out. Right. (laughs) And I kind of go towards half court. He sees me and he stops and he says, what's up? We talk for a little bit. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, he's like the rims low. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like a quarter of an inch low. I was like, what were you, were you missing or something? He's like, yeah, man. He's like, I know when the rim's short. Like, he's like, this isn't, he's like, this isn't uncommon. Like, I make them do this all the time. And I was like, all right. You know, like, I, I've never seen a player be like, yo, that low, change it. And so, you know, we say, what's up? And, you know, I go work out and he leaves the court and, um, uh, I was sitting there, you know, after we work out, we got hella time yeah. till the game starts. Yeah. And so we were just sitting out there by the court and I'm sitting next to, uh, Jeff Capel, who also has passed, uh, now one of my favorite coaches. 
And um, he used to work me and Derek Brown out every single day. Amazing. And he, we're sitting there talking and I was like, damn, man, I want to play tonight. Cause I ain't played in three weeks. <laughs> Foaming at the mouth. Cause I was like, because I always told myself when I was in college watching Kobe, you know, he was, he was all defense probably 10 times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'll, but I always used to watch and be like, nah, I can get him right there. <laughs> but, you know, as he gotten older, you know, you can't, you ain't gonna play every possession. Right, right, right. You know, maybe when it's time to play or like there's a guy he wants to play against, like he'll strap up. Right. Nah, I can back cutting him right there. <laughs> or nah, he's, you know, he's sleeping right here. I can come off this screen and get him. I always would pay attention. So like, I wanted to play. Yeah. So I said that to Cape. I said, man, I want to play tonight, man. And he looks over at me. He goes, you going to get your chance. <laughs> okay, oh. hold on. Before we get to the game, this is the best. I'm, I'm loving this. Uh, before we dive into the game, though, after he tells you, you – I mean, I think I know this answer because I could hear it from the way you responded to him. But as he tells you the rim's too low, what are you thinking? Do you think he's overreacting? Like, does it does it even register in your head? Is that such a crazy sort of sentence that it just goes in one ear and out the other? What are you thinking when he says that to you? You know, it was, I remember, it was more like, you know, it's like, all right, the rim could be low, but are they just changing it yeah. because it's Kobe? Right, right, right. You know, like, if he says it's low, yo, it's low. It's low, change it. Like, who's not going to change it? It's Kobe. You know what I'm saying? It, it, that thing could have been exactly at 10 feet right, over right. there, Justin. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get out there and fake it at, at bare minimum. Right. <laughs> if I would have told him it was low, would they have changed it? Right. <laughs> you know. Was so, it? But anyways, you know. Was it intimidating or inspiring to watch him work out? Uh, inspiring. Inspiring. Um, you know, he wasn't doing nothing crazy. You know, he's about to play a game, but he was very meticulous with what he was doing. Yeah. You know, it's just spot to spot. Right. You know, making sure his jumper, I don't know if the, he wasn't playing well during that period or whatever, or wasn't shooting well. But, um, you know, the, so when Cape said that to me, yeah, I look over at him. I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, yep. He's going he gonna to throw you in there, okay? And don't get it mistaken, okay? This, was, this is classic NBA coach behavior who's trying to figure out how to get rid of a player or how to not play. Okay? It's classic. It's classic. And I love Larry Brown because he actually is a great coach. Yeah. You sit down there, he will coach the hell out of you. Right. Okay? And I watched him do it in the year that he only played me for about half the game. <laughs> okay. But uh, this is classic because, come on, man, you're going you gonna to throw – we got three weeks. We ain't really been playing. Well, you could have thrown me in, in any of them games. If you want to throw me in, in the Lakers game, they, they just won the championship. You're going to throw me – I'm 21 years old. You going to do that? Well, guess what? You picked the wrong one because I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, Larry Brown is trying to write you off. He's trying to throw you to these wolves. 
make sure that you have a bad game so he doesn't have to play you the rest of the season. He can blame it on you, but you turned around and guarded Kobe great. That's fantastic. So the way it happened is first quarter, I think it was, yeah, it was the first quarter. I got uh, Steven Jackson playing ahead of me. Yeah. I got uh, Flip Murray playing ahead of me. Mm. I got uh, Larry Hughes playing ahead of me. <laughs> you know, all these guys, really good players. Right. Really good players. I thought I could have squeezed a couple minutes in. <laughs> I could have got a couple. Give, gave them a breath. They were older by that time. They could have used a breather. <laughs> you know, but they all get in foul trouble. Right. Kobe's Kobe's just ripping through their arms, shot faking the asses, <laughs> just, just going for like everything. So Joe, I think it was um, Stephen Graham gets his second foul. Okay. And Larry Brown looks down the bench. She says, Gerald, go in there and guard him. <laughs> and, so and the second he got his foul, I was ready. I was already ready to take my warm-up off. <laughs> I'm in the game like within <laughs> two seconds. Let's go. And I get in, in the first possession, we have no lie. He, like, drives me left, shot fakes, passes it. I cut him off. He had nothing, okay? He gets it back. (laughs) He shot fakes. He takes one dribble right, shot fakes again. I stay down, okay? (laughs) Shot fakes again. Stay, I stay down. Okay? And, but I, I had pushed up on him just a little bit. Okay. Right. And he's at the right elbow and he steps through and throws it off the backboard. Okay. And goes and gets it and lays it in. <laughs> Amazing. And when it goes in, I'm like, first off, I'm out of breath like hell. I'm out there like a, like a freaking, like a freak, just running around, doing all this extra stuff. I was all hyped. <laughs> and uh i'm like damn i guess we hear man Amazing. i guess it's as advertised what you can't hear at home as you're listening to this podcast is the pride on this man's face as he's talking about staying down on that kobe Bryant pump fake his oh. the pride on this man's face is something to be old i really appreciate it something else i wanted to tell you gerald i went back and started researching this game looking at the play-by-play do you know that the play before Kobe pump fakes, you stay down. He he go, he steps under, throws it off the board, and then lays it in. Do you know the play before that? You hit the jumper just before that play. Yeah, I came I, I came <laughs> off the screen from the right side of the floor. I told you, I I know I can get him. Not, he doesn't know me. He's never played against me. He don't really know my game. He's not looking to film on me. You know. I can get him. I came off the screen, <laughs> came right to the middle. I remember my hands were like clammy. I was so nervous. And I got the ball and I just let it go. It was like the ball wasn't even in my hands. Uh, let it go and it went in. Uh, I remember course, these things, man. Of course you remember this. That's so fantastic. My, the point of me bringing this up is it, you didn't just have a moment with Kobe. You traded baskets with the guy. That's an amazing thing to be able to say. Very cool. I traded yeah. basketball. Tra- I traded baskets with Kobe Bryant. Fantastic. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And now we say it in reverse, right? But so I got that bucket. 
And so, of course, he's going to come down That's the other right. end yes. and be like, all right, well, watch this. Right. So it's not just that you scored on him. You then drove him to create this amazing play afterwards. That's fantastic to think about. What a moment. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. What are you, and that happens. Oh, pardon. Here's another thing as I'm going through this game log. The last shot of the first half from the Lakers, Kobe Bryant from 20 feet, you block it, Gerald Henderson. <laughs> I, I don't. I, come on, man. He he go. I, he does something, and I hit it out of his hand. Right. Yes. Yep. Blocked hey. it. An official recorded block. Gerald Henderson on Kobe Bryant. The first time you guard him. What are you thinking at halftime? Are you just all gassed up? Are you trying to play it cool? Like, what are you thinking? You know what I was thinking? I was like, look, yeah, he go. He's going to play my ass the rest of the year now. You know what it is. Yeah. And then he played me again in the second half. And we won- ended up winning the game, I think. Yes, you did. You guys ended up – you torched him. Yep. And then he ain't played me for two more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> two more weeks. His, his, plan, his plan failed. <laughs> it, he, wanted, he wanted me – to play bad so he can use me as trade bait and you know amazing go get go get an, another veteran guy <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah y- you you guys did you guys won by like 13 points you beat the the lakers uh and that was their championship season they won yep. they ended up winning a championship that year which is amazing so you guys got the champs that season the first time you ever guarded them that's what an amazing story okay so the game wraps up tell me what happens after the game so in the uh against the uh what is it the players tribune story right okay at the end they have me going up to uh i forget the guy's name he's still there i just saw him the other day the maintenance guy who it's got to be jerry all maintenance guys are named jerry right right it's actually I went up to the maintenance guy after um, my workout. So after the workout, I go up to him. I say, "Hey, was that rim off?" He said, "Yes." And then I said, "How much was it off by?" He's like, "It was a quarter of an inch low." Mm-hmm. Mm. And I was like, "Hmm, pretty good." That's. I feel like, first off, it's amazing. It's just like, I can't even wrap my head around that sort of ability to read that space. But the one thing I want to sort of comment on is I feel like it would be easier to know if a rim is too high. But to mm-hmm. to, to look, to shoot and to play and to miss shots and to go computer brain, basketball computer brain, you know, analyzing this rim is too low and by a quarter of an inch. And for that then to be the case, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, you can, you can notice both, you know, if, if you get up there and it's low, you know, typically, you know, your shots may be going long or you're hitting the, you're hitting the back rim, you know, somebody as precise as him, you know, like a Stephen Curry or like a Clay Thompson, you know, they could probably really notice stuff like that because I know Steph for a fact does drills where he's he's only trying to hit all net. Right. It, it's a miss if it's if he hits the rim. <laughs> right. So, you know, that kind of precision, you're gonna know right away. So it makes sense, right? 
but you know, I just have never had the balls to tell to get the maintenance crew out there <laughs> and move the rim. You know, I just you know, but he's on a he's on another level, man. Yeah, you know, it's it probably for him. It's not even about. It probably wasn't even about guts. It was probably about the precision of the craft and being like that. I'm almost certain that thing's off. You need to adjust it so that this game can be regulation because I need that for me. And I also want to beat these guys on a level playing field. Like he just always seemed like an absolute maniac in the best possible way, laser focused. And uh, this story to me is just emblematic of that. Absolutely, man. He's a special cat. What an amazing story to decide whether this is going to go in to the first bout hall of fame. We have to go through our first bout Hall of Fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge every moment. Gerald, I'm going to bring up a, a credential. I'm going to walk you through it, get your opinion. The first credential is analytics. People love numbers. They love them. I don't know why, but they love them. This game, March 5th, 2010, this is game 60 for the Bobcats, 2009-2010 season. The Lakers were 46-17. and 17. The Bobcats were 29-31. and 31. The Lakers, of course... As we've mentioned, go on to win the championship that season. Go Lakers. They're the best. Listen, I'm not the biggest Lakers fan. I am the best Lakers fan. Gerald Henderson Jr., your line that night, 12 minutes, three of seven shooting. You missed your only three-point attempt, but you scored six points, two boards, a steal, and that big block on Kobe Bryant. (laughs) Yep. Kobe's line that night with Gerald Henderson guarding him. Kobe played 42 minutes, 9 of 21 shooting for 26 points. That's only 43%. He was 0 for 4 from three-point line, 8 of 9 from the free-throw line, five boards, two assists, three turnovers. Kobe's plus-minus that game, minus 14. You did it, Gerald. Can we label Gerald Henderson the official Kobe stopper? Reuben Patterson, move over. Gerald Henderson did it. No one ever guarded Kobe Bryant better. Is that the truth? Uh, <laughs> how many points did he end up with? 26. 26. He took 21 shots to get 26 points. That's right. That's what I look at, you know, and then really get them to shoot 21 shots. Yeah. You know, like typically, takes a team on rhythm. Averages. He probably averaged probably about that many shots. But, you know, my objective in playing him is to do two things try to limit his touches. Right. And then when he does touch the ball, to get him to shoot a contested two-point shot. Right. And the statistics would say <laughs> that that is the most difficult shot to right. shoot right. percentage-wise. Right. And so, you know, that's my objective. If I, if I do that and he, you know, if he continues to make fadeaways in my face, there's nothing I can do, you know, <laughs> except try to limit his touches. You, you know, wrote, it's also you, hard to do. You wrote in the Players' Tribune piece, Problem is, an off-balance contested jumper might be Kobe's strongest offensive move. Sure. (laughs) It is. It's funny to think about. You also wrote, good defense rarely slows Kobe down. In a crazy way, good defense makes Kobe better. Tell me about that. Well, for somebody at his skill level, you know, I wouldn't say, like, good defense – makes him better, but like aggressive defense. Right, right. Somebody like him, you're not really gonna speed him up. You know, a guy like a guy like me, if somebody plays me aggressively and does a lot of stuff, they can speed me up. I don't right. have all the skills. Right. You know, he's once 
once you take something away, he goes to something else. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a lot of tricks in his back. So, you know, he wants you to play over aggressive. He wants you to be physical. Right. Because he, he's got all the counters for it. And so, you know, and, and playing them is difficult. You know, you, you, you got to give them, you can't give them the same thing twice. Right. If, you know, I'm playing him, I might step off him mm-hmm. and then move, move closer. Mm-hmm. Give him a swipe. Right. You know, switch my feet. Right. You can't let him just line you up. Right. <laughs> you know? Oh, you got to be a little unpredictable. Right. And then, just like when you're playing any great player, you know, you gotta, you're going to have to, or any great score, you're going to have to get help from your teammates. Right. You know, he's, you do your thing on the ball. But then behind you, he's got to see bodies. Right. He's got to see lanes opening right. and closing. Right. You know, he's got to see help coming uh, from the other side. So if he tries to drive, there's going to be somebody there. So, you know, it's just not a one a one man thing when you're playing against a, a really good scorer. How do you, you specifically, Gerald Henderson, but also any hyper competitive professional athlete, how do you not get bogged down when a guy like that? makes tough baskets how do you not beat yourself up how do you think about the next play how do you not get bogged down and oh my god this guy's killing me here well you got um you got in in mind what the objective is you know i want to stop him from scoring right however there's only so much i'm going to be able to do right if i if if i'm outstretched while he's moving jumping away from the basket mm-hmm. from 20 feet and he hits a shot, I don't care. <laughs> let's go. Right. I want to come down the other end. Come on, let's run two. Yeah. Let's run two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's run my play. Right, That's how right, I can right, get him back. Right. I can't. Right. He, he wants to shoot that shot. I've done my job. Yes. I'm not, I'm not tripping over that. Now, you know, if he's got me in ISO – you know, and I do something stupid and mm. like reach for the ball and he beats me and, you know, or I go for a shot fake and come down on him and foul him or, you know, foul him somewhere else or let him get an offensive rebound, like mm-hmm. easy points. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm pissed at myself. Right, right. When, you know, these these plays that, you know, making his life easy, mm-hmm. you know, when I when I give him those, that's that's when I'm demoralized and pissed at myself, not the hard ones. That's that's fascinating to think about, and I'm realizing now that my inability to move to to realize that hey, I did my job, and I just hey, go, let's run the next play for me. My inability to have that sort of mindset is the probably the only thing that kept me out of the NBA. <laughs> I knew you. Why are you laughing? I don't get. You know, I don't know if you you've heard anything about like my that. game. I was a bit of like an Anthony Mason, like Charles Barkley hybrid. <laughs> I, wide, but I could handle the ball. I could certainly step back and shoot, but I also had good post moves. Well, a little undersized, but very, very, very good at basketball. You know, it's always, you know, one or two things that keeps guys that are <laughs> yeah. super talented from making it. Right. You know, sometimes it's girls, you know, alcohol, <laughs> drugs, or you would just happen to be. You know, your inability to move on to the next play. That's exactly right. I appreciate that sort of support. The next credential is our test of time. That's when we compare this moment, Kobe Bryant's quarter inch, 
This is when we compare that moment against other moments like it in history. I want to play you a moment. The only moment I could think of, uh, any, the only other memorable moment I can think of, of a rim potentially being off, I can only think of one, Billy Hoyle of Los Angeles, California, attempting a high-pressure dunk, needed an official measurement. Let's listen to this moment together. Is this shit regulation? This shit ain't regulation. <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of here. Regulation? Yo, move, move out the way, man. I'll check it for you. Move. Move out the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your thoughts on that moment, Gerald. Is, is, is your Kobe Bryant story better than that famous story from Billy Hoyle? I don't I don't know about that, man. That movie is a classic. <laughs> a that classic. shit ain't regulation. <laughs> I mean, that line is like, I don't know about other basketball players. I guess you got to be of a certain age. But to me, that singular line, I've probably quoted that line during basketball games more than anything else. The second I miss a shot, I go, is this shit regulation? I'm not even <laughs> sure this hoop is the right height. That's hilarious, man. Yeah, that's a classic movie. Um, everybody's seen that movie. Everybody's seen, let's see, what we got? Above the Rim. Great movie. Loving Basketball. Yeah. You got to throw that one in there. What's uh, your favorite? Do you have a favorite basketball movie? Space Jam. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. New one? The new one? You know what? The new one was good, I thought. Yeah. It was good. It was, yeah. you know, it, it brought a more modern yes. tech technological yep. you know sciencey version of it i think that the old school one I, nothing could ever top that got it great answer mj uh, come on man <laughs> the next categories are burning question mj right behind me just so you know yeah gerald has the 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 coldest michael jordan autographed jersey behind him like just absolutely flexing i've got like a fucking lakers pennant a shitty old fucking lakers pennant he's got a fucking goddamn signed framed jordan jersey behind him i hate this guy and i told you earlier that is from space jam days you uh, said why is it in such good conditions because it's been in a frame since my dad gave it to me when i was like seven or eight years old it's pristine for christmas it's gorgeous it's also just a just a phenomenally designed jersey. The red balls across the chest, twenty three. I mean, god damn, it is truly iconic. Jordan's jersey, it really uh, is. Uh, the next category, the next credential, burning questions. This is tied to sort of our test of time. Have you ever heard of another moment in your playing career where a rim was off, where someone noticed that? Do you know of any others? There's got to be not not like that. Right. You know, where somebody says it's high or low, right. maybe. Um, I feel like I played in a game where somebody like moved the rim. They dunked and moved uh -huh, the rim, and uh -huh. they had to come and bring right, it out. Right. That's that's probably happened. I've Got never it. been there when somebody like shattered the backboard. Yes. Um, but there's there's stuff that happens. I mean, a lot of times, um, you know, this happened a bunch of times where you know the net will be old or the mm -hmm. net will rip or come mm -hmm. off one of the loops mm -hmm. and they got to bring the maintenance crew right. in there, but nothing specifically <clears throat> like Kobe's. I want you to know, Gerald, I shattered a backboard once. Fisher price. No, no, no. A legit. Now, how dare you? First off, how dare you? Second off <laughs> the full plexiglass. I shot it with a BB gun. It shattered into a million pieces, but I a hundred percent broke a backboard. Um. <laughs> I'd probably say, you know, 
dumb stuff like that is probably the reason that you didn't make it to the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> you shooting the backboard, man. Hoopers <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Gerald, before we move to our next credential, I want to ask you about one of the more famous plays from your career. You threw a pass. I don't, I don't actually know the circumstances behind this game. Maybe you do. You threw a pass, and it, it was an errant pass. The ball sailed out of bounds, sailed over the scorer's table, absolutely smokes a woman in the face, just absolutely lays her out. Let's listen to it together. Anderson, shot clock at 10. Anderson, pull up and hit the stand. Oh, my. hit a woman coming back. Oh, my. I think she's going to be all right. Not my fault. Not my fault. I threw the ball. Absolutely. So let me let me go back. So during that year, we I, I don't know what year that was. I don't know if Al Jefferson was on that team, but we had a pretty good team, playoff team. And, you know, the year a couple years before, I had been getting a lot of plays run for me mm-hmm. on this team because Al Jefferson was so right. good right. Um, on the block and so good just offensively. I didn't get a lot of plays run for me. And then we had Kemba Walker at point guard who was mm-hmm. getting a ton of plays too. So Steve Clifford, who I love to death, just saw him the other night at the game, all under out of bounds and side out of bounds plays were for me. Mm. Right. So, you know, there's another play. I don't know. If you, you, you've probably seen it where Lance Stevenson throws me a pass and he, he threw me – I was open at the three-point line, but he threw it so high, I wasn't going to be able to catch it and mm-hmm. gather it mm-hmm. so I could shoot it. Mm-hmm. And so it had been tipped. And so I, I was going to let it go because I knew I'm going to get a side out of bounds play. <laughs> I, want, I want a clean one that right. I can determine, <laughs> you know, the shot. This is all these things people don't really see out there that happen. <laughs> nah, I ain't touching that. I, ain't, I can't do with that. So it ends up tipping me, my hand, and they right. called it right. the other way. Same. But yeah, yeah. it goes and smacks this lady right in the face. Oh, my God. And she had glasses on. And literally her whole face just, you know, mushes. It's just crazy. <laughs> but anyways, on that particular play, you know, Cliff come out of timeout. Cliff runs, has the play for me all set. And at most arenas, they don't let people just walk around, especially on the bottom bowl. You have to wait till timeout. I love it. You're you're blaming security. I love it. Keep going. You know, (laughs) what it does when people are walking, it's distracting. (laughs) You know, I got my guys on the other side exchanging, you know, and so – I'm I'm not a player that used to dribble with my head up. That's right. Not, I was I was not that great of a ball handler. Right. So I had my head down, and when I looked up, you know, somebody was moving, and I threw it to him. Right. Looked open to me. Okay. And it just happened to be a poor woman. She probably had a pretzel in her hand and ate it. You know, I hit her, and then she hit the. There was she like a crowd. little elevation. She hit like the side of oh it. Oh my god! Oh my god! It was not good. And to so, be clear, this was not your fault. Listen, <laughs> I was responsible for the ball leaving my hand. Okay, and it floating in the air and going towards the direction of that woman. However, the woman should not have right. been 
I think we have to draw. I really think we have to draw up the security staff at the arena. I That's hope, what I'm saying. I hope that the team is taking the proper steps to censure that guy or to even maybe per- perhaps remove that person from their position. Um, a da- dangerous decision that person made, and um, I'm glad that we were able to disavow you of any blame. Yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> Uh, you know. What's it like to have a mistake like that, not just happen in front of an arena full of people, but then blast it out on the internet for all for people to enjoy and to laugh at, and for people like me years later to talk to you about on a podcast? What's that like? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny, man, because you know these things that happen. You can find um, uh, you know, a thousand more of them. You know, myself. You know, there's other ones, uh, other people. It's funny, man. I mean, it's not it's not too funny because that lady actually got hurt. You no. know, she was she was banged up. I'm gonna I had to send her a pair of sh- uh, signed shoes after oh, the game. See, that's I mean, what do you want? Did you get a pair of signed shoes from Joe Henderson? Come on. I did. I did. You know, just because, you know, I, I did throw the ball. I did throw the ball. <laughs> you but, put uh, those shoes in a lucite box. You put them in your their front room. You got a you got a conversation starter. Listen, yeah. a small price to pay getting absolutely laid out in a basketball yeah. game as a fan. Small price. Yeah, you know, so I agree. But you know, it is what it is, man. All this stuff is is fun. It's fun to talk about. Gerald, this podcast is about moments. What was the best singular moment of your playing career? I'd probably say the best singular moment was winning the ACC championship Got in it. 2009. Amazing. Who did you guys beat? Um, we ended up beating Florida State in the championship. Got it. They had a big athletic team, um, and we kind of did too. But, you know, we, were, we came out on a Sunday on fire. Mm-hmm. We hit probably 15 threes or something Amazing. at that time, which was a lot. Yeah. In college is a lot. Yeah. And um, my, my uh, you know, one of my best friends, John Shire, won the MVP for the tournament. And, um, you know, it was great. I remember, you know, because that, to that time I had never cut down a net. Right. You know, we didn't really – we didn't do that in high school. That's not just – that's not what we did, but – you know, I won some championships in high school, but we had won some little small preseason stuff beforehand. But that was the first big championship I had won to that point. You know, put the hat on, raise the trophy, cut the net. You know, that was that was awesome. That's, that's so there's just times you never forget. Amazing. Can, can I bring up two of my favorite moments from your NBA career? You hit sure. a crazy buzzer beater to – it wasn't the buzzer, but it was right at the end of the game – to win the game in a crazy wild sequence. And then you had a one of the premier dunks on Dwight Howard. Do you remember this dunk? I do. I want to play it really quick. Underneath. Again, Howard was there. Henderson throw attack. Oh, he throws it down. Henderson. Wow. Is there? I thought it was against the rules to use the trampoline. I thought you had to do that during the timeouts with the stunt crew. Henderson acted like he was on a trampoline and oh, just elevated and hammered one. Your memories of that dunk? Well, two things. 
Did you see my hair? Yes. <laughs> oh, just to be clear, it was looking crazy. <laughs> so I, I went bald that summer. It was a great last run. A great last yeah. run with your hair. <laughs> I held on. I held on. You know. Um, and did you see who was guarding me? Uh, Dwight Howard. Kobe. Oh, Kobe's – oh, pardon. So Kobe's guarding you, and then you dunking on Dwight Howard, one of the best defenders that's ever played in the NBA. So I told you, man, I would watch Kobe, man. <laughs> On ball, but, you know, that was towards the backside. Right, you know, right. this is post-championship, you right. know, with Dwight Howard. You know, he's getting a little older. He ain't worried, you know, about back cuts. He ain't worried about that. <laughs> back cut him, boom. And then um, – we got up like 25 points in that game. Look it up. Some some 20 something points. Right. And that's right in the middle of us probably going up 20 something. And uh you know, I went up when Bismack threw me the ball. Great pass. Um I go up, you know, and it's within range, but then Dwight puts his forearm kind of on my chest or my right. stomach. <laughs> And it elevates me even more. It gives, right. You know, when yes. somebody does that, it, yes. it like pauses you in the air for a second. <laughs> so then I said, oh, well, I got one option from here. And I just <laughs> threw it in. It's fantastic. And the best part about that is the bench reaction. Yes. What's that like to see the, the bench react to your dunk? Well, I didn't see it. Right, in the moment. In the game, but yeah. in the replays, you can see, like, Jordan Hill <laughs> yeah. and uh, Anton Jameson, who lives uh, pretty close to me. Um, you know, they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. But it's be it's because they could, you know, there's things you see when you're on the court. Right. And everybody can't see. Right. I talk to guys about this all the time, other players. When you see something that's like, unnatural uh -huh. you know like sometimes you see lebron <laughs> go up and he'll be around dudes and like he'll hang in the air for like a second more than mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do mm -hmm. as a human <laughs> you know and like when it happens you like you it's like a transition period where you run back and you're like whoa crowd's <laughs> like whoa you know it's like little stuff that you see oh, out there on the court amazing. but they saw that little bump <laughs> they saw it and it took me up more. So it's like, nah, that ain't supposed to happen. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, Gerald, can we talk just very quickly? Tell me about the moment. Tell me about your transition, your move into your post-playing career. What's it like to change careers as a young person? You picked real estate. I read that that's sort of a family business for you all. How did you sort of funnel your competitiveness as an NBA player into the business you're in now? Yeah, so I started right away, um, you know, with our business. But then also I was doing uh, TV stuff with the Hornets. I was right. doing the pre and post game show, which was fun. And, um, you know, I thought I was pretty good at it. So I'm sure I'll continue to do broadcasting stuff in the future. But uh, our our company, Henderson Ventures, has it's been great. You know, we, we opened it about three years ago. And, um, you know, me and my wife, she's the broker in charge. We got over 20 agents and we Amazing. do buying and selling uh, representation and um, relocation, a little bit of development stuff. So, um, you know, the transition has been fun because I'm learning a new game, right? You know, something that, 
you know, I wasn't incredibly familiar with before. Right. Um, you know, had ties with it with my family, but wasn't involved. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been awesome sitting down and just learning, doing something completely different. Right. You know, I'm able to really still cool. work with, and, you know, we, um, you know, work with tons of NBA guys. Dennis Smith Jr. with the Hornets just got a place with us. Amazing. Uh, we work with Mark Williams from Duke. And that's, that's been another cool thing, working with guys like at Duke. Mason Plumley, who plays with the Hornets, mm-hmm. um, you know, has recently got a place with us within the last couple of years. So, that's super cool. Yeah, being able to, you know, help Still them help out. guys, yeah. You know, because everybody doesn't know real estate and a lot of people take advantage of you. Right. And uh, that's one of the reasons that we started the firm. So um, that, that's that been one of the, the, the most fun parts is being able Super. to do that and that's connect great. with guys, you know, after I'm done playing. Mm-hmm. So and when you're and when you're young and you're in the league like that, to be able to go, I could trust this guy. He's not going to screw me. He understands who I am. That that must be amazing. That's fantastic. Uh, Gerald, I see the clock is running down on us. It's almost time for America's favorite, very small podcast segment. More important, the first ballot lawyers have told me I'm no longer to say this is America's favorite podcast segment. I have to say small podcast segment, whatever. People love more important. Gerald Henderson, are you ready for more important? Let's do it. Here we go. Okay. Sir, in a heightened era of sports and politics, and as a former Duke Blue Devil who benefited from an athletic scholarship, what is your take on the student debt forgiveness debate that's going on today? <laughs> well, I certainly Oh, I'm so sorry, Gerald. We don't have time for that. We don't have time for that garbage. I knew it was coming. <laughs> it's time and for I'm something. Still for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for something more important. The music is playing. I can't believe I just cut off Gerald Henderson. Let's keep it moving. Gerald, the questions I'm about to ask you are all way more important than whatever you were just going to say. (laughs) Your answer to these questions will define you, who you are as a human being. Are you ready for these questions? Let's go. We got to move because there's like a clock and it's ticking down. Here we go. What is your favorite beverage? Water. Water, water, very safe answer. I hope, I hope his answers get a little bit riskier here as we move on. Here we go. Next, next question. You played with Joel Embiid. You played with Damian Lillard. Who is the best player you ever played with? Lillard. Immediate. No pause. Damian Lillard. Fantastic. Now we're getting somewhere. Next question. Better Henderson athlete. Gerald Henderson Sr., your father and longtime NBA veteran, or... Ricky Henderson, baseball Hall of Famer and first ballot podcast icon. My dad just walked in right now. <laughs> uh, senior. See, oh, I think it's another safe answer. He went safe, risky, and now safe again. He's old, he's worried about his old man in the True. room with him. <laughs> baseball, there's no comparison. I, I respect Ricky Henderson, all the bases that he stole. Okay. <laughs> However, Basketball is a different animal, man. Oh, here we go. I love this. Uh, and, and a loving gesture to your father. I appreciate that. Who would win one-on-one at your peaks, your father or you? Me. <laughs> <laughs> There's the reaction I was hoping for. Without question. Great athlete, limited shooter. Maybe, you know, maybe they might say the same thing about myself. However... 
also, you know, three to four inches shorter than me. Right. There we go. There we go. So, now we're getting some. You know, that's, that's, you know, mouse <laughs> in the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Gerald, you were a great defender in the league. Who is the best defender who ever guarded you? Tony Allen. Oh, Tony Allen's fantastic. I love and Tony Allen. And I'm also giving him work. Yes. I gave him I gave him a 30-piece one time. Look at that. Here we go. But in terms, he's you got to watch out. You can't you can't play with the ball around him. Right. Who is the most underrated player that you played against or with in the league? Someone that never got the acclaim, but you're like that guy's nice and no one really appreciated all the things he did. I probably say like Steven Jackson and Gerald Wallace. Oh, I love you know oh, Gerald Crash and Stack. What great answers. Yeah. Yeah, no, like Steven Jackson, number one, coolest and best teammate you going you gonna find. Yes. That does just solid dude. You know, he got he got his ways about him and you know, he's probably everything everything that you see, you know, he gonna do. That's but behind the scenes, <laughs> he's like he's a great dude and Gerald Wallace the same way. Those dudes showed me when I came into the league. This ain't a quick answer. I know you want to No, no, answer. no, please. Those dudes showed me when I came into the league what it meant like to be a real pro. Right. You know, show up every day. They didn't want to practice. They didn't want to do any of that. They wanted to show up to the game. The the guys that they said that were better than them, they mm-hmm. going right mm-hmm. at them mm-hmm. and they bringing it every single night. Right. There's no there's no chill nights. Right. You know, and they brought it every single night. I was like, damn. Well, I was on the bench for 42 of them games, 41 of them. Uh, I was like, respect. Yeah. I respect it. Awesome. That's super cool. All right, Rob, back to the music. Here we go. More important. What is your favorite potato presentation? Baked, French fried, twice baked, au gratin. I went plant-based a little while ago, so au gratin's got typically got cheese in it, so yes. I'll just go with French fry. Got it. I eat a French fry like every day or every other day at least. Or, I mean, they're, they're fantastic. Maybe the best dish the thing that you could have during a meal french fries are fantastic uh what is your favorite favorite movie of all time not the best movie but your favorite personal favorite movie here we go he's turning he's around me <laughs> i got major pain up there i got rush hour too he's got a major pa- this is a, a thrilling he's got a major pain uh damon wayans poster on his wall he's got a rush hour two poster on his wall what, are, are, you gotta choose one what's your favorite movie uh, Major Pain oh. is uh, right up there. Major now, Pain. I mean, come on now. Now that takes what? guts. We wanted guts out of this guy. How about the guts of saying his favorite movie of all time is Major Pain, everyone? The, the funnier thing is all my friends, you know, they clown me and say I look like him. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, come on, we, you know. I used to cut a little rug back. <laughs> Come on now. Who knew Gerald Henderson was at a just absolute deadbolt impression of Damon Wayans and Major Payne? <laughs> Fantastic. Last question, more important. Who's the best golfer in the NBA of all time, of your entire life? Who's the best NBA player at golf? <sighs> Me. 
Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I love it. What a perfect pregnant pause. Everyone's thinking, what's he going to say? Jordan Curry. Who is it? It's Gerald Henderson. I, Book I it. Looked over, I looked over at my dad. He wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, he, he, he might agree. You see an NBA player better at golf than me? Uh, currently, uh, no. I mean, in all your years, have you seen an NBA guy better at golf than me? Uh, yes. Who? Uh, I've seen Negro play. Who? What's the guy's name? Negro. Phil Negro, the baseball player? Del Negro. Del oh, Denny Del Negro. Del Negro. <laughs> Del Negro. Oh, my God. <laughs> Vinny <laughs> Del Negro. <laughs> He's good. Vinny Del Negro is good. I played with him this go. summer. I played with Dan Marley. He's good. Under Dan. Was pretty good golf. Was he better than me? No. Okay. Oh, what a great now! I've two NBA players on this podcast. We went from one to two in about an hour. This is fantastic. That's the end of more important. You just you nailed it. What great answers! I'm not thrilled with the water answer, but we'll keep moving on. The next <laughs> credential is our cosign. The question is to you, Gerald: Should Kobe Bryant's quarter inch story make the first ballot Hall of Fame, and why? It absolutely should. Uh, number one, because it displays how precise and detailed the man was. Right. And if he's telling you that it's a quarter of an inch off, okay, and he's worried about, hey, man, like this is going to affect my game. Mm. Imagine how detailed he yes. is with the rest yes. of his life, the You're rest of his right. game. And, and it just displays why he's so good, Amazing. right? Because he – cares about what's going That's on right he cares deeply what a great answer you nailed you the know? cosign it's time for the last credential that's the induction speech that's when me neil your host i get to decide whether this thing goes in the hall i'm going to take everything joe henderson just said about the kobe bryant moment i'm going to take this story i'm going to make my decision and here we go kobe bryant is not here anymore at least he's not here with us fans all we have are memories, the most entertaining highlights you'll ever see, and the stories, the apocryphal stories, the tall tales, the legendary yarns we spin about that kid from Lower Marion who took the league by storm and worked as hard as he could to become a better player, a better person, a better father. It is our job as fans, as people who loved him as a player, to hand these stories down to future generations because everybody deserves to know this maniac they need to they everyone deserves to learn the lessons he taught those of us who watched him hard work yields results and hard work is its own reward gerald henderson's story of kobe bryant and that quarter inch is quite simply one of the best stories ever from the nba it's magical it's part unbelievable and it's perfectly kobe bryant this moment is not just in the First Belt Hall of Fame. I'm erecting a special section called the the Neil Wing. Ugh, working on the title here. Not in love with the Neil Wing. Uh, the Neil Wing of this hall. It's for sports moments that I really love, that have special places in my heart. And this story is one of them. It gets a special plaque on that wall. Gerald Henderson, Kobe Bryant, congratulations on your induction to the First Belt Hall of Fame. May your plaque hang forever. Respect, respect. I couldn't, I couldn't have put it 
better myself, man. You know, well, you gotta. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for remembering this story, for sharing this story with us, and then for telling it again on this podcast. Thrilling to talk with you. I really appreciate all of your time. What can you plug? How can people follow you, Gerald Henderson? Uh, you can follow me on both Twitter, Instagram. I'm. I really don't get on Twitter much, but Instagram at g underscore hender zero nine. Um, follow also at Henderson Ventures. That's there you go. a real estate company. And um, if you got anything in Charlotte, North Carolina, surrounding South Carolina that you want to buy or sell um, or invest in, we're your company. Absolutely. Gerald, Gerald Henderson, I so appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much. I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Good time. That's it. That's the show. My deep appreciation and thank you to Gerald Henderson Jr. for being on the show. I apologize that Jessica, my producer, harassed you until you agreed. But in our defense, you were absolutely fantastic on the show. My thanks to Gerald Henderson Sr. for making a cameo on the pod as well. Great to hear a father and son really argue with each other over a podcast. A blessing. Thanks to you both. Credits. Robert Rucci's on the edit. Jessica Sang produces. Rhythm J is on the beats. Follow him on social at Rhythm J. Jorge Naranjo is shredding the guitar on the more important theme. Follow him at O-R-N-J-I-N-S. Our shout-out today goes to Lowe's in Transit at 30 Home Games on Twitter for supporting the show and telling people to listen. He's a big-time basketball fan in Australia. He's also a big-time podcast guy. So I'm honored he thinks this little show is worth listening to. Thank you, Lowe's in Transit. I shall never let you down. If you listen to the show, please DM me at Gotham underscore coach and come back next week for more First Ballot. Is this shit regulation?